Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. Okay, first of all, I want to start this off again by saying thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And thank you for the emails also. The emails that I receive from the listeners of this show are incredible. I mean, it's incredible information. Um, very humbling as well. In fact, I, I really want to start off with this too. There's an individual who, who sent me an email from a long time ago, a couple of them now, and I even read it on the show. And I want to refresh everybody's memory about this because this is something that I want to bring to you next week. You may recall this particular email that I received, again, that I read, but they are either a, well, they're associated with a fire department. So they're either a firefighter, an EMT, my apologies for not, uh, not getting the details. But you may recall the story that they told regarding gaining extra certification and what that meant and how the individual that I believe it was one of their bosses or something was jealous that they weren't selected for this extra certification by the government. Uh, long story short, they ended up going on this retreat with a bunch of other individuals and uh, they were again dressed up in hazmat suits and the whole thing, and they had to run through all of these scenarios. You may recall that email that, uh, that I read from them. They ended up emailing me back, and they sent me a bunch of documents, a bunch of PDFs straight from the government that talk about all of these kinds of scenarios and the different plans that they have, again, for bioweapon attacks and a, a bunch of other things. So I'm going to have to take my time with those, as you might expect. There's, it looked like at least 10 or 12, just at first glance. But it's very serious stuff, and I want to take my time with it before I bring it here to this audience to just give you a taste again as to what the government is clearly running people through. And again, it should beg the question, why on earth are they planning for this kind of thing? So I'm going to get to that next week, I promise. Again, there will not be an episode on Monday, but there will be one on Wednesday and Friday, and I'll do my best to bring that information specifically for Wednesday's episode, of course, with a lot of other things, too. Uh, okay, let's see. The drone footage from East Palestine from Josiah Richwine. I, I hope you saw that on Rumble and BitChute. Really interesting stuff. He sent me a couple of, uh, a couple of updates here that he wanted me to provide. Let me get to the top here. Uh, let's see. He said they're already testing positive for, uh, for vinyl chloride in benzene. He said, and I've heard that the schools are still operating and haven't been shut down thus far in East Palestine. And then he sent me this article from cleveland19.com, and it's titled Vi Vinyl Chloride in Benzene Detected in East Palestine Woman's Urine. This is from April 3rd. There's more people in East Palestine are reporting feeling sick and fear that their health will look fear what their health will look like for years to come. Shelby Walker is one of those residents and recently got tested in a medical lab after feeling ill since the derailment two months ago. She's scared after benzene and vinyl chloride were detected in her urine. Quote, I just read a little bit, but I do know that I have read in there that the benzene could cause leukemia later, Walker said. Her uncle passed away of leukemia when I was young. My uncle, she said, passed away of leukemia when I was young, when I was a young girl. So that lays in my mind and is very fearful. She's not only worried about her children, but her grandchildren as well. Quote, my kids are going to have to watch something I don't want them to watch 
with me and my health. Yeah, th- this is not, and this is not singular. It can't possibly be a singular case with this particular individual, but it just, it angers me to no end that this is going undetected by so many people and the news outlets, of course, aren't covering it. But then again, they're the enemy of the state and that's, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't shock us. Um, I want to provide this update too. This comes from AJ Gochik. And you may recall, again, he was telling me the story about, which I brought up here on the show, the story about the female who ran for sheriff and then lost to two Masons. One, of course, well, they were both Masons, but one of them ended up winning the the sheriff's race. And then they came after her with a 10-month-old arrest warrant, apparently, for what they said was her being unqualified or uncertified to run. So here's what AJ said, and then again, I'm going to read the entire article. He said, here's a good article on the woman, uh, Ann Colton, arrested for running for sheriff in Santa Clara County without the requisite qualifications. And then it says from the article, quote, and there is a law in California which states if you do not have either experience as an officer or a certificate of qualification, then you cannot run for sheriff. And this is California Government Code Section 24004.3. It says, quote, The law came about after Michael Hennessy, a private citizen from outside of law enforcement, ran for San Francisco County Sheriff successfully in the 1970s, wanting to reform law enforcement. The Sheriff's Union did not like that. It would spell disaster for the profession if a bunch of reformers ended up as sheriffs just because they won election, unquote. And then he said this too, regarding the Jonathan Zhao student who passed away. Of course, he was triple jabbed. There was that GoFundMe page. Um, it says the school that Jonathan, he said this, AJ did. He said the school that Jonathan Zhao attended dedicated an Instagram post about his death. This is what the school wrote about his medical condition, no mention of the jabs. Quote, For the past five months, Jonathan, a junior this year at Pinewood, fiercely battled complications related to a rare autoimmune disease, unquote. Yeah, it's AIDS. It's that simple. It's AIDS. In fact, I consistently am going back to this person's YouTube channel, and I know this sounds tasteless, but I'm basically going back to find out when this person dies, because this individual isn't going to make it, and it's that physics girl on YouTube that I brought up. There are more people now making videos about her condition. And again, they're all calling it long COVID, as you would expect, because that's the going phrase for all of this. That's apparently what AIDS is now. It's long COVID. There's no such thing as long COVID. We all know that listening to this show. It's just AIDS. And it's AIDS brought about by, of course, poisoning your immune system and your DNA permanently through the jabs, among countless other things, but specifically the jab. This particular individual, though, that created this channel, or has this channel, and apparently uh, follows Physics Girl with some regularity, is asking people for solutions as to what to do, and, and how to help her and whatever else. I'm telling you, if you provided the real answers to these people, I don't think they'd take the advice. I just don't think they would. Because regarding her situation, again, the first thing you'd have to say is take the masks off. 
because you're depriving her of, of oxygen. I mean, this, this girl's lying in bed with a mask on her face and her eyes covered as her weird-looking husband is walking around the house also wearing two masks. First of all, take the masks off. Second of all, explain to her that she has AIDS. So don't take any more shots and stop, stop taking pharmaceutical drugs. Get her some ivermectin. Get her out of bed. Get her outside. Lie her, lie her, lie her down on the ground in the grass in the sun. Get her some vitamin D supplements. Get her some you know, vitamin C and a, and a bunch of other things. The hydroxy, the, the NAC, all of it. But, you know, it may not work because, again, they're just constantly calling the ER. And uh, this person's just entire body systems are shutting down because they've poisoned themselves to death. So, I don't know. It's, it's sad, but this is, the, this is the disconnect that exists here in society, specifically with this issue, which, again, we're not hearing politicians bring this up anymore. It's just on to the next thing. The jab genocide continues to exist. It just continues. So I don't want to ramble on too much about the jabs right now. I actually want to get back to this. Let me get back to that article about the sheriff, and I want to read this here. This comes from uh, lewrockwell.com, and here's what it says. This is from April 3rd. It says, on Monday, March 27th, 2023, I'm assuming it's pronounced Ann or on. My apologies for getting it wrong, Colton was arrested in her driveway in Santa Clara County, California, the reason she ran for sheriff. Yes, a year earlier, in the June 7th, 2022 California primary election, she ran for sheriff. You see, Ann uh, has no law enforcement experience, according to the district attorney's office. And there is a law in California which states that if you do not have either experience as an officer or a certificate of qualification, then you cannot run for sheriff. Again, I read that California Code a second ago. It says this law came about, I already read that too, blah, 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 let me see. It says, quote, I can see where they, are, where, where they were coming from. Doctors unions put a limit on who can become a doctor. It is not the most qualified or the most talented who can become a doctor but it is the one who jumps through the hoops. Lawyers' unions put a limit on who can become a lawyer. It's not the brightest, the most ethical, or the most upright who can become a lawyer, but it is the one who jumps through the hoops. These groups both use the force of government to do so, to protect their practice from more qualified outsiders who don't jump through their chosen hoops. Through medical, I'm, th I'm sorry, through state medical licensure laws, and state bar laws. So law enforcement wanted to do the same. But did they have the right to do that? Which, by the way, she's out of jail. Uh, apparently she was in jail for about five hours. AJ showed up to the jail to, uh, to see where she was and, and to get her. And even one of the sheriff's deputies, he told me, falsely claimed that she was being transferred to another jail. And I said, well, why would she do that? Just to waste your time? And he said, yes. So, you know, these people, I mean, my God, you got to hand it to the Masons, you know, the, the Masons stick together. These goofballs stick together. He told me a hell of a Mason story, too. I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later also. Apparently, he had an encounter with one when he was in his 20s. Uh, let's see. California state legislator gave him that right through duly passed legislation. However, this law has not been rigorously tested on the courts. 
it will almost certainly not pass constitutional muster. Uh, it abrogates, if I'm saying that right, the rights of a citizen to run for office, an office which does not require special expertise and which would likely benefit from outside perspectives. I agree completely. In fact, the entire education profession operates in the same manner. You've heard me talk about the, the licensure and the certificates and all of this other nonsense that you have to have to have a particular position. The same is true when you want to become a school principal. The same is true when you want to become a superintendent. Um, you know, Not so when you're running for school board, of course. You can just be a parent to run for school board and have no education experience whatsoever. But what they don't want you to do is they don't want you to be a, a superintendent unless you've been a principal of a school building. And you can't be a principal of a school building unless you've been an assistant principal of a school building. And I mean, you go back far enough, the, the very individual really doesn't even have to have a bachelor's degree in education in order to, of course, be a school teacher. You just have to have acquired enough credits in order to maintain a classroom and teach a particular subject. And then boom, bam, you're a school teacher once you pass the certification exam. But again, it's a big club, ladies and gentlemen, and we ain't in it. It continues here. It says, but I suspect that this was not the issue for Ahn. It says the issue was probably the unrepentant way that Ahn handled the matter. Ahn is a Christian, a mom, an activist. She is someone who refuses to let California be taken by the devil. Therein lies the true problem. In Santa Clara County, where Ahn was thrown in jail Monday and released at 10.30 p.m. that night, is the belly of the beast. Just south of San Francisco, Santa Clara County is a massively liberal place with incredibly wealthy enclaves that people are taking about, talking about rather, uh, when they say the words Silicon Valley, quote unquote. This is, this is the once vast farmland that has become a hub of technological innovation and entrenched interest. Yeah, I'm going to stop the article there because it goes on and on, but you can look that up for yourself again, lootrockwell.com, and it's titled Arrested for Running for Sheriff. No kidding. If you're running in that county for such a position, it is going to, it's, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going it's to be, uh, it's going to be an odd one. And then retaliation coming about as a result, you know, uh, you would hope that that wouldn't be the case, but goodness gracious, it, uh, it doesn't surprise me. Not at all. And again, Masons, ladies and gentlemen, they are everywhere. So there you go. Uh, here's Speaking of Masons, again, here's AJ's Mason story real quick. This is interesting. He said, I wanted to share, you a, stor share a story with you uh, because you sometimes quote from the Art of War book by Sun Tzu. He said, my dad had a friend who happened to be a Mason. We didn't know that. And I never liked the friend as he seemed shady and a university professor. He said one day he was over at our house and I was maybe 22 or 23 years old at the time. He wanted to talk with me privately away from my dad. That's a red flag. Uh, he said he told me that he was a Mason and tried to recruit me to join. I had no interest and honestly was not familiar with Masons back then. He gave me a copy of The Art of War and told me that if I wanted to join, he would, be back, uh, he would back me, but on one condition that I read The Art of War. And I said, interesting. I said, I have, uh, I have no doubt 
that such an effective text is used by all sides, much like gun, you know, much like a gun is used by all sides, both good and bad. I said if he was a university professor, he had to be a higher degree Mason. Recruiting youth is their game, as you know. But to be so brazen about it, he must have had some kind of a quota. And he said, agreed. He said, and the other condition was claim belief in one of the three Abrahamic faiths, though we know they worship Satanism or Judaism. And yeah, I mean, I agreed. And then he ended up saying that uh, we never really spoke again after that, after he declined his offer. And there you go. He said he's glad he kept the art of war, though. It's an excellent book. And again, that, uh, you know, the, the enemy knows what they're doing. They know what we read, and we know what they read, and we read each other's texts to figure out what each side is going to end up doing. So there you go. It's an excellent book, though. And I, again, I highly recommend reading it and reading it multiple times throughout the course of your life because the, uh, the strategies are constantly at play, they're constantly being used. But yeah. I've never been approached by a Mason, though. Not that I know of, anyway. That's interesting. Okay, let's see here. God, the, I mean, the updates I have and, and the, the stuff here. Let me, let me mention this next. I didn't want to bring up anything Nashville-related because, thank God, it's, it's starting to die down a little bit, and people, of course, still aren't telling the truth about it. But let me mention this because, again... This is where the grifters come to the surface. They always come to the surface when it comes to things like this. And I want to mention this particular individual as being a grifter, allegedly. In fact, Lynn Wood has called out this person as being a grifter, and I have no reason to doubt Lynn Wood. Uh, I like Lynn Wood. I follow him on Telegram. He seems like a very solid guy. And I've been following him for quite some time, and he's an abolitionist, as am I. We have to abolish a great deal of things. So. This comes from what is called the FEC United Education Pillar, or just the FEC is the name of the group, and it is called, it stands for Faith Education Commerce. This was put together by a guy named Joe Altman. Now, Joel, again, you know, he seems like a grifter. This seems like a guy who, who's interested in profiting off of a great many things, and for some reason, I got this email, and I'm not sure why. But I wanted to read it here because, again, he's associated with churches across the United States and, you know, they trade a lot of money. So (laughs) it's shady to say the least. But it's titled uh, the FEC United Education Pillar Newsletter from April 4th. And it's titled, Why Are Are Schools Gun-Free Zones? says the following. It says, quote, In 1990, the Gun-Free Zone Act was passed by Congress and signed by President George H.W. Bush. More than 30 years ago, and how many school shootings have been prevented by by advertising that the people in school buildings are unable to protect themselves, question mark. And then he says, none. says, the real numbers are horrific. Gun-Free Zone statistics in facts records finder, and there's a link, 98% of all mass shootings have occurred in gun-free zones. We have literally put targets on the backs of students, teachers, and school staff. 30 years of gun-free zones, the solution is not more of the same. Gun-free zones are not working. The problem isn't the tool, the gun. It is the person pulling the trigger. 
says, yet the left wants to take away the guns of law-abiding citizens. This would only ensure that criminals are the only ones with guns. Since most school shooters are under the age of 18, the weapons they use are not legally obtained. It says the answers lie in doing something different. First, stop advertising that the staff in school buildings are unarmed. Maybe even post signs stating that staff in the building may be armed. Second, return SROs, school resource officers, to buildings where they have been removed. Consider programs that put local law enforcement into schools in a school marshal program. Thirdly, reconsider, I'm sorry, it just says consider, what changes can be made to harden buildings and facilities. There you go. Finally, consider allowing armed staff. Faster Colorado provides training. The group is called Faster, apparently. Uh, Colorado provides training to armed staff in schools. We know that when help is needed in seconds, it's minutes away. Programs like Faster train qualified staff to respond to shooter to the shooter and give first responder training as well. There are certainly other solutions to be discussed and considered. The one thing for certain is that as long as schools are gun-free zones, more lives will be lost and damaged because we refuse to protect our children. What Joe doesn't understand, or he may understand and not care, is that this didn't happen in Nashville. And his response is the typical response that comes from the right regarding a lot of this. Again, both sides are Masons, ladies and gentlemen the left and the right. And all they're doing, really, is providing their scripted solutions for what appears to be a difference of opinion. But it isn't. One side claims that they want to remove guns, and the other side wants to do what? Create a security state. Both of those are wrong. Both of those are wrong. If you increase the presence of a militarized police force around children, you're normalizing that. You're normalizing that level of control. Always believe police officers, always believe the judicial system, always believe enforcement, no matter what, because we are here to protect you. And then on the left, those Masons over there are saying, drop your guns, you don't need them. We are here to protect you as government. And that's their solution. And both solutions are wrong. The middle road, as you've heard me say, and at a higher dimension of thinking, is that this didn't happen because it didn't happen. But the people like Joe Altman, again, they're grifters. They're, they're clearly trying to, and of course, they're promoting this faster, F A S T E R, program out of Colorado, which begs the question. What's their connection to this FASTER program? Programs like this don't need to exist. Schools don't need to exist. American K-12 schools do not need to exist. And again, they're swooping in in many cases, and they're believing all of these lies, and then they're implementing more and more policy and more and more uh, procedures, essentially, to really scare people and, and, uh, and, and further brainwash people because they themselves are brainwashed. They're the useful idiots in this entire situation. But again, the Joe Altmans are there to try to make a dollar. And that's a problem. I have a big problem with that and those kinds of people. In fact, I'll tell you what, that story leads me to this. And I have a friend of mine who sends me some information regarding the local school district. 
and I want to read through some of this because this is this is problematic, and it's problematic for a variety of reasons. Some of which um, may be considered by some, and and yet completely ignored by others. They told me that a student in the local school district where I live and where they live has been arrested by the local police for making terroristic threats, quote-unquote, online. And uh, this, is, this is an odd one. So I'm going to start by saying this. Apparently some of this material, if not all of the material, but certainly some of it, was acquired, and this particular individual is 18 years old and uh, either a junior or a senior in high school. The information that was acquired, or like I said, at least some of the information that was acquired regarding social media posts that were made by this person, were taken from the school-sanctioned Chromebook laptop computer that the student had that the school district gave him and gives everyone. When I read some of these things here and, and some of these posts regarding this particular story, I, I want you to understand that that right there, the school-sanctioned Chromebooks that are given to children are, are surveillance devices, in essence. They're used to track a child and all of the posts that they make from kindergarten all the way through a senior in high school. You've heard me say before, it's data mining. I would go so far as to say it's far worse than data mining. What they're doing is, is they're setting up a script of an American youth that if something happens, they can immediately confiscate that piece of technology by law and then start looking through it. Now, I fully understand, again, that if a person just has a personal computer, and someone accuses them of, of some kind of a crime or you know they're in fear for their life and, and they think that this person is responsible or going to do something that's going to hurt somebody. All of that can be investigated and even a person's personal property, I believe, can, be, can certainly be investigated and used if charges are brought and warrants are provided, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the bigger problem has to do with school-sanctioned technology being used against a child, even if no wrongdoing occurs. And that, again, that's an avenue that has to be brought up. Because it seems like recently here we've been talking about masons and corrupt police officers and how more police officers around schools isn't a good idea. Again, the irony of me bringing up those articles about school resource officers being an abysmal failure within school environments and that this you know this being tested over the course of time even dating back to the dare program of the 1980s and 90s was an abysmal failure and then all of a sudden you have a fake shooting where again there are no resource officers around but again people believed the Nashville shooting they think it they think it happened i even made some posts online on uh What's Her Face's YouTube channel. That's her actual title, What's Her Face. She's based out of Canada. Makes She makes good videos. But, uh, you know, they're rather basic, and she has a great sense of humor. But the people in the comments section were like, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. And, and I think that even What's Her Face knows 
that the Nashville thing didn't happen, but I got in the comments section and started saying, yeah, this didn't happen. And here's why. And, you know, at least one person got back to me and they're like, that's insensitive. How could you? I'm like, I can because I know what's going on. And if you're afraid to look into it, well, then you're afraid and that's a problem. But this right here, again, using school based technology to be used against a student is without a doubt, in my opinion, a purposeful tactic that was used from the very start. Again, yes, it's data mining. They want all of these children's information from, from the very beginning. Even when Vanessa Hurst was on this show, she brought that up with regularity and really opened up my eyes to a lot of it because, again, they have to walk around with, with this technology, this school-sanctioned technology, on a constant basis. It is from grade kindergarten all the way through, um, you know, all the way through high school. And if they misuse that technology, of course, then what happens? Well, they get kicked out or they get threatened or a thousand other things. But I don't know. Th this particular case regarding this particular student is interesting. So let me, let me go through this here. I asked again for some more information regarding some of the posts. I basically said again, did they openly come out and say they were going to kill somebody? And, uh, and it, it doesn't look like it, but there's a lot of weird, there's just a lot of weird posts, a lot of gun posts, um, a lot of backpack posts. It's, it's odd. And again, I, I don't know who put together this particular image, but it is what it is. It looks like a collage of a bunch of different pictures of guns and, you know, the, the trade towers being blown up and this particular individual being dressed like a clown. I, I don't know. It's it's odd to say the least. They apparently made this Instagram post also, which said the following. And it, it looks like it was either a part of a, well, I don't know if it was a part of a video or it's just, just the post itself. But it says this. It says, quote, I apologize for the way that I am and how I act. I don't choose to do half the shit I do. It says, my brain doesn't work the same as yours. Sorry, let me blow this up. I'm really having a hard time reading today because I'm having a hard time seeing. Contacts are messed up. Uh, it continues here. It says, blah, blah, blah. It says, I process shit differently. Okay. It says, I typically act without thought and I hate it. I don't really think of the consequences before I do something and the result is usually me saying or doing something stupid. I don't want to be this way. And I effing despise myself for it. I feel like a effing burden. I constantly feel that I hurt my friends more than I help them. I also, I'm also too scared to ask. I even have difficulty talking to my closest friends due to past friendships. I was either always interrupted or they just didn't listen to me. I'm grateful for my friends and I love them. I don't put any blame on them. They have no reason to be friends with me with all of this shit that I've said and done. They don't deserve me. I've lost so many friends over the years, and it's always my fault. I never reach out because I'm scared. They're too busy to talk to me. I've ruined actual relationships because I was just too shy. I don't really care what people think about me, and I really never have. My thing is, I don't want people to hate me after one thing. I don't think before I act, I'm sorry if I'm a burden to you. I'm not trying to be. Okay. 
This person needs help. They don't need jail. They need help. And this really, I'll tell you what, this is what I've written about in my previous books. And I wrote a book a long time ago that next to nobody bought, which is fine, but it needed to be written. And it was titled The Mental and Emotional Health of School-Age Students. And what I say in that book, and here's why it didn't sell, as you would expect, what I said in that book and the, and the evidence that I brought to bear is that it is the school environment itself that makes children this way. Yes, it is society. Don't get me started with the, with the video games. Okay, it's, it, everybody always blames video games. It's not the games per se, it's the parents who let the children play the games. That's the real problem. Yes, it's all brainwashing. Yes, it's all hypnotizing with the colors and the sounds and so on and so forth. But it's society as a whole, and more specifically, the school environment. Why is that? You know why. The school environment purposely divides students under the illusion of unity. We're all the same mascot, ladies and gentlemen. We're all on the same team. Sameness, sameness, sameness. And that's not true. That's not true. The school environment does not promote individuality at all. Never has. In fact, it's the illusion of individuality. They say, well, if you want to be an individual, go be one, but just be one within one of these school-sanctioned groups. Go be an individual on a team. Go be an individual in a club. Go be an individual in an after-school group. That's not, that's not individuality. That's, that's just kicking the can down the road of collectivity. And therein lies the problem. And it's driven this particular student to, to do and say these things. Now again, keep in mind what I've brought up about this school district in the past. They're insolvent. They're run by gays, and they're running the entire place into the ground. And as a result of that, they're now in this situation swooping in to play the hero. This is more of the manipulation. This is more of what they're doing. And again, they will pat themselves on the back to no end that they prevented a potential school shooter. Now, it's possible that, again, it wasn't really them doing it, by the way. This apparently was brought to the attention of endless students and countless students and even some parents who were basically saying, look, you need to do something about this. This looks, this looks shady. It wasn't the school that was apparently looking into this at first. It was, it was other students. So. I got to tell you, you know, this is this is an odd tightrope. I cuz I can see the benefits of all sides and and I can see the dangerous nature of all sides. Let me give you an example. You know, on on one hand, you have the fact that students again were noticing these posts and it concerned them, of course, given the recent news and so on and so forth, and yeah, maybe they did prevent something that this kid was actually going to do. There's no proof of that. This isn't minority report. We can't look into the future and determine what a person is going to do or not do. Not to mention, again, it didn't seem like it was school officials that were paying attention to this. It was students and maybe parents. On top of that, and I would say the other side of that that tightrope, is that it's potentially creating a Bolshevik 
student versus student environment that now is being weaponized by police. That if anybody makes posts online, that the police will knock on your door and arrest you because people have, I don't know, uh, rooted you out or, or considered you to be a threat when, when in fact you may not be. Now, based on these alleged posts that allegedly came from this person's Instagram account or wherever they came from regarding this individual, it's clear that the person needs help. But what the person needs to do is leave the school environment. And of course, they've, I'm sure, left, and now they won't be back, and that's good. They need to enroll in, a, in an online school, but more importantly, they need to be taught the truth. And that's really, that's the problem that I have with this. The problem that I have is this is what happens when you lie to children, and you manipulate them constantly, like a drill in their brain, just it just goes down a little at a time, a little bit more, and wears them down to the point where this happens. Is this shocking? Is this kind of behavior shocking? No, not when you examine the K-12 environment and even higher education as they are. They're built on a foundation of illusions. And it's the illusions that people believe to be true that are not that drive a person mad. That's really the problem. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, the local school district where I live is swooping in to be the savior. They, they put out this uh, news release for immediate release on April 3rd. It says, THS student arrested for social media post. The Talawanda High School administration was made aware during spring break of a social media post made by a THS student that was inappropriate and threatening in nature. The post was initially made some time ago, and allegedly this was made when they were in sixth grade. Again, Chromebooks, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to be used against people. So if the school gives you a school-sanctioned computer, don't use it. Just don't use it. It's a tracking device, and they're going to use it against people, again, whether they're whether they are at fault for something or whether they're not. Uh, let's see. Made some time ago, it says, but was then re reshared and reposted to the administration by students who viewed the post. The investigation resulted in an arrest and the student being charged. At this time, we are able to report that the situation has been resolved and that our students and staff are safe and secure. Mr. Davey and Officer Riles, or, or Reyes, I don't know how you say his name, uh, would like to publicly thank the students who brought this information to their attention. See something, say something is an important part of our lives inside and outside of the school day, as well as our school facilities. Talawanda School District is very proud and grateful that students in the district are relying and acting on the safety training they have received. See? I love it. They come in and, and, and they try to be they try to be the savior. Here's here's the twist in this story that was allegedly told to me. The twist in this story is that allegedly a high school science teacher or a science teacher, a male, apparently made a sexual advance toward this student, and the student denied the advance. 
And then shortly after, the science teacher decided to leave the profession, leave the district, and even leave the country, if I'm not mistaken. Now, wrap your head around that one. Who is it that really brought this to the attention of the administration? Was it really students and staff, or students and parents? Or was it a vindictive former teacher who was coming on to another male student as a male teacher? I don't know. I'm just saying I don't know. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I I really don't know. But this is an avenue and a wavelength of thought that people have got to understand that retribution and getting back at somebody is something that anybody is capable of doing. It's happened to me on numerous occasions for doing the right thing. But this is, again, this is the, this is the level of thinking that, you know, your average one-dimensional thinker isn't ever going to consider. That posts on a Chromebook from a middle school student could be used against the same said student when they're in high school and above or below the age of 18 and used again for, for what reasons? Used against them, why? Because they sound like they're crying for help, because they sound like they're seriously in need of help. It's, it's, a, it's a giant confusing state, ladies and gentlemen, but it continues to highlight the fact that you need to pull your children out of these environments. They're being lied to, manipulated, beaten down on a day-in and day-out basis with illusion being presented to them as fact. And we know that these school districts cover up endless crimes because they are criminal organizations by nature. They always have been, certainly the more bureaucratic that they've become over the last 100 years. And those are the kinds of behaviors that aren't going to go away. Because again, you've heard me say, and I I cannot stand this phrase when people say, well, geez, history seems to be repeating itself. It's, It's history repeating itself yet again. It's not history. It's the institutions and the very people who run them. They are the problem. They're the real problem. If you don't get rid of the people, it's not the building's fault. Again, that's like blaming a gun in a shooting. It's not the gun's fault. It's not the actual brick-and-mortar building's fault. It's the people inside with their ideologies and their behaviors that believe the things that they believe that are all based on illusions. And then those are passed on children. And then what? People just don't think that anything bad is going to happen as a result of that? Again, this particular individual was arrested and charged with making terroristic threat. Quote unquote. Now, again, did they say they were going to kill anybody? I don't know. I don't know if they did or they didn't. But what I do know is, is that prison isn't going to help this person. They need counseling. They need to be deprogrammed from the matrix that they've been living in, that all of us grew up in and we've all lived in before. But it's very difficult for these children for a variety of reasons. Again, uh, there's, there's probably way more to this than, than what I can possibly bring up here or even know. But it's shady to say the least. I hope he doesn't hurt himself. I hope he doesn't hurt other people. 
I hope that that's the case. I hope he stops going to the school. I hope the school never lets him back because, again, why would you want to go? There's no need to hurt anybody, but you're not going to learn anything in the school building anyway. So he would do well to put the entire environment and everybody inside the environment in his rearview mirror and just live his life. It's an odd state of affairs, to say the least, and I would just encourage people to understand a particular wavelength of thought, which is don't blindly trust these environments and their, ta- and their tactics by any stretch. They are arguably some of the most manipulative people that exist. And again, when we talk about the future of our society and what we want as a society, we can't maintain the school system the way that it is. Fortunately, the school system is bringing it down because of its own behaviors and its own degeneracy and its own illegality. But we can't move forward to some kind of a uh, perceived utopia of a world that we live in with peace and harmony and all of that and maintain the American K-12 school system. And as you've heard me say a gazillion times, the fastest way to make them insolvent is to walk away from them. Just walk away. Let me bring this up now. This is interesting. Sicily brought this to my attention. Again, another excellent reason to walk away. Uh, Her text message to me said this, and then she sent me a link. She said, I spoke with one of the co-op leaders last week, and they are using the Ambleside.com website and starting a new Charlotte Mason curriculum next year. Again, all homeschooling. They said that they went to register their child for pre-K in 2021. He had cerebral palsy and is nonverbal, pretty much like a baby. She said they wouldn't let him in without a mask on him. And if he didn't wear a mask, he had to have a face shield and sit in the corner by himself. You see, ladies and gentlemen, these are the kinds of environments we're talking about here. These are the kinds of people. The kinds of people that would put a mask on a child who needs a lot of help. But you're not allowed in here unless you're wearing a mask on your face. And as we know, masks do nothing. It's a control device for the brainwashed. That's the whole point. But she continued with this. And she said, uh, let's see. She said they walked out as a family and said, what are we doing? Question mark, question mark. This is stupid. And she's homeschooled for 11 years now. Uh, Let's see. And then she sent me this. She said, this is what Leanna said they they will be doing next year. I think she said it's $300. I'm almost finished with the Charlotte Mason book already, Cicely said. I also have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's incredible. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And, And again, anybody should read this book. Uh, it's again, it's titled the home education. I'm just turning around and I'm looking at it over there. Home education by Charlotte Mason. I highly recommend it. It's amazing. Even the preface and the introduction of the book are like a warm blanket on top of you. It makes you feel so cozy inside. But, uh, 
She then said $300 is not even a month's worth of groceries, so the idea of curriculum being unaffordable is silly. And I told her I would bring this website up on the, uh, on the show here, so here it is. The website address is thecmec.org, so T-H-E-C-M-E-C.org. And it says, Welcome to the CMEC. The Charlotte Mason Educational Center is a nonprofit collaboration of parents and teachers dedicated to putting Charlotte Mason's philosophy into practice. Registration for the 23 24 school year is now open. Sign up for our mailing list for the latest announcements and updates. Request our information packet for a brand new video tour of our website and samples of our program. And again, it's just, uh, it looks great. It looks great. Let's see. Join our mailing list, support. They have a retreat. Again, they've been doing this since 2018, it looks like. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. You know, again, I, I recommend a Becca for the individuals that can't get together locally and do something like this, but I recommend Becca.com and always will. But it's also programs like this, again, that can be used as either the primary program or a secondary program. Again, you can use multiple, multiple things that you want to use. As we all know, learning isn't, uh, isn't constrained into just one wavelength of thought or one particular activity. The K-12 school would want you to believe that, but we know otherwise. So here's what I'll do. I'll link this address in the description below if you're interested in reaching out to them or taking a closer look, but it's just another resource, without a doubt. I love it. Okay. I want to bring this up, too. This is kind of the last education-related thing. It certainly stretches into higher education, and it's election-related. Jesse James threw this my way. This is from the Gateway Pundit. And it was titled, Stunning Election Law Violations on the University of Michigan Campus in 2022 Revealed 120 Individuals Registered to Vote the Day After the Election, and Their Ballots Were Counted. Approximately 600 Individuals Registered to Vote After 8 P.M. Deadline. Shocking, isn't it? Now, I wonder how many of them were Republicans. I'm going to guess a big fat zero on that. This is from uh, 100% Fed Up. Keep in mind, all these people think that Ashley Babbitt is dead and uh, that there was a shooting in Nashville and that kids are dead. So, you know, whatever. But when it comes to stories like this, I mean, they get this kind of stuff right. When it comes to false flags, they're wrong 100% of the time. It says, a team of investigators at Michigan Fair Elections has been looking into activities of concern during the general election last November of 2022. Today, we are saddened to announce that blatant violations of multiple election laws appear to have occurred in Ann Arbor. Uh, And I read what those were just a second ago. It says, these violations are documented. These occurred on the University of Michigan campus in the city of Ann Arbor. as Results of the 2022 election in Michigan began to pour in. Media headlines reported hours-long waits in lines to register and vote at the UM campus. News broadcasts showed lines of student voters receiving enticements to vote in the form of pizzas, blankets, and drinks in blatant violation of electioneering laws. 
These reports came in that the state election officials had dispatched a computer programmer to adjust Ann Arbor's voting systems to accept votes for the November 8 election from people who registered to vote in the early morning hours of November 9. Here's the question that I have. I'm going to stop the article there. And they've got screenshots and proof and the whole thing. Are they going to be held accountable? Is the University of Michigan going to be held accountable for doing this? The people who allowed this, are they going to go to jail? Are they going to be charged with felonies? Because aren't these felonies what they're doing? Rigging an election? I thought that was a felony. Again, when are we going to start to see not just the people themselves, and we've seen it with some in, in some states across the United States, but when are we going to see the institutions that are responsible for housing these individuals and, and putting these particular events on? When are they going to be held accountable? Multi, multi-million dollar fines, if not arresting the very people who, who put the whole thing together, who are affiliated with the universities. That's what I want to see. I want that to start happening. Of course, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but uh, maybe in the next year or two. Who knows? Okay, jab-related stuff here. This was tossed to me by our Louisiana educator, and this is remarkable. As we know, we're consistently still seeing the commercials for the jabs. Again, I, I even played an Australian commercial on one of the war videos recently that basically was, well, it was, it was awful. It's an abomination, but they're basically, again, comparing it to gassing up your automobile. Don't forget to get your booster. You're boosting up your health. You're boosting up your immunity. All of that, of course, is a lie, and these are killing people. But this comes from a website called newlouisiana.org. It is Citizens for a New Louisiana. And this is from April 4th, and it says, Louisiana Department of Health continues to violate terms of emergency use authorization. It says the following. When COVID-19 vaccines arrived on the scene in Louisiana in December of 2020, they were accompanied by a letter from the Food and Drug Administration granting emergency use, EUA. Within the EUA, a list of conditions of authorization, quote-unquote, established under federal law that both the vaccine manufacturer and the vaccine's authorized distributors are required to comply with, including stipulations that, one bullet point, quote, COVID-19 vaccines and bivalent vaccine recipients must be given a fact sheet in lieu of a package insert. There have been several viral videos of pharmacists unfolding in uh, the accompanying vaccine package insert, only to discover that that it is completely blank. This is intentional. Only FDA-approved medications have a printed insert. The fact sheet serves to provide a truncated information consent, essentially informing the patient what is currently known about the drug, as EUA drugs are technically experimental. The fact sheet also stipulates that patients must be made aware that the drug is being issued under emergency use and is not FDA approved. Here's the other thing too, of course. On those fact sheets, quote unquote, they're not saying that one of the side effects is death. They're not including that one. And they're not including the six page of 
1,000 plus single-spaced 12-point font adverse reactions. They're not including all of those. The second bullet point here says the following. It says, all descriptive printed matter advertising and promotional material relating to the use of COVID-19 vaccines and bivalent vaccines, quote, clearly and conspicuously shall state as applicable that the vaccine has not been approved or licensed by FDA, but has been authorized for emergency use by FDA under the EUA to prevent coronavirus disease 19. And then they show one of the ads or a picture, a picture poster, basically, from the uh, Louisiana Health Department. And it's awful. It's a picture of a child showing off her Band-Aid on her arm. And it says, like car seats, COVID vaccines are proven lifesavers. Children six months and up now eligible to receive a free COVID-19 vaccine. Bring back Louisiana. That's, that's not true. Proven lifesavers. Not true. And again, nowhere in that little picture does it say anything about emergency use authorization. Does it show any of the adverse, event, adverse reactions, including death? It's nuts. It continued here. It says the statement in the above image is also blatantly false, an issue we brought to the attention of the Louisiana legislature in August of 2022. Unlike car seats, there's no data to support any statement that COVID vaccination in infants and children has been proven or substantiated record of saving lives. As a matter of fact, it is known that COVID vaccination will fail to prevent infection and transmission that any protection provided is short-lived, and repeated boosters will be necessary in the future. After the second dose, Moderna's clinical trial for children aged 2 to 5 showed a vaccine effectiveness of 28.5. Would you put your child in a car seat knowing it was only 28% effective? Other data presented in the Pfizer FDA briefing document indicate negative efficacy with confidence intervals about or near minus 300, tables 19 and 20. And then it says, would you put your children in a car seat knowing it would actually cause harm to them? Additionally, unlike car seats, COVID vaccines are immune from liability, meaning parents of children injured or killed by their use cannot sue for damages because, of course, It's under emergency use authorization, and that's why they're keeping it there, because they're using that as a legal loophole to kill as many people as they can. Here's the thing. Suing these people for creating this doesn't have to happen, but negligence is a crime, and murder is a crime. And if there are emails, which we know that there are, that clearly show that they know what they're doing, or conversations, or recordings, or whatever it may be, then they can be criminally charged as individuals. See, you have to go after the individuals, not the brick-and-mortar building. It's the individuals who have to be hung by the neck until dead, not you know, tearing a building down. You do that after the fact. But you have to go after these people first criminally for murder. 
In this article too, there's a an email here from the Louisiana Department of Health that they emailed back to this individual who of course sent them all these facts and said you're lying and you're misleading people. Uh let's see. This is from a Mark J. Semyon, if I'm saying that right, probably not, don't care. Bureau of Legal Services for the Louisiana Department of Health. They noted their complaint at the top, and then they responded by saying, Louisiana Immunization Program has received CDC distribution guidance regarding Comirnaty, Pfizer, and Spikevax Moderna vaccines, but we have not distributed the vaccines to our providers yet. Currently in Louisiana, we have the FDA-approved EUA COVID-19 vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna available to providers, although they are not packaged under their respective branded names. It will take some time for the transition to the new package of these vaccines to reflect their product names, Pfizer Comirnaty and Moderna Spikevax. Uh, let's see, it says both FDA-approved vaccines are available throughout Louisiana. To get a current list of the COVID-19 vaccines, vaccine providers, go online to vaccines.gov. If you have any questions or need additional information, please feel free and reply to this email communication. They then said, uh, the person who sent the initial email from Citizens for New Louisiana, they said, what this response tells us to date no FDA approved COVID-19 vaccine has ever has been distributed in Louisiana although the Louisiana Department of Health is stating otherwise it says again with incredible disregard for the consumer and informed consent Louisiana Department of Health ignores the emergency use authorization which states the two products are legally distinct and that's on page 20, apparently, of the EUA. It says the two products being legally distinct has significance in regards to the experimental nature of EUA products and the means by which compensation is sought for injuries that result from their use. And it continues and continues and continues. They're, of course, they're skirting the law. And of course, the lawyers who work for these health departments are are skirting the law because they have to. They have to. If they don't, they lose their job representing these people. So they're not going to list EUA on on any of their promotional commercials or posters or anything like that. They're certainly not going to list them on uh well they're certainly not going to list any of the adverse reactions including death as being a, a not just a side effect, but a giant intentional. They're not going to do that either because they they don't think that they have to. This is why we're not, I mean, even the commercials, for God's sakes, we're not even seeing the, the booster-related commercials openly come out and say it's emergency use authorization only. They're not saying that. And like I just said, they're not listing any of the uh, purposeful side effects. But this is just one state department of health. What are they all doing? What are all of them doing? They're doing the exact same thing. It drives me up the wall when this is not the story that's being told on a day in and day out basis. These children receiving these shots, honest to God. I mean, all of them, everybody receiving these shots, but this is, this is disgusting. That story brings me to this one. 
This was from fox10phoenix.com. Police department, three Phoenix children reported dead in one morning, another dead in Chandler. Give this audio a listen from their local news affiliate, Fox 10. The Phoenix police are investigating a string of unexplained deaths tonight. Three babies are dead at three different locations in three separate incidents. All three of these deaths happened in Phoenix this morning within an hour of each other. Fox 10's Lauren Clark is live at one of the scenes. Lauren. Well, Linda and Brian, it certainly is very odd for this to happen. We're talking about three children who lost their lives today. That's also very important to point out. Absolutely heartbreaking as three families will never be the same. These deaths all caused by the same cause, according to police, that the children stopped breathing. And this happened within the same hour. This gives you an idea of where these three incidences occurred, one on Broadway, one near Culver Street, and another on 29th Street this morning. Now, two children were taken to the hospital where they died, and police say one child also died on the scene. The deaths happening within the same time frame, 5.30 to 6.30 a.m. Police did not give any ages, but did describe one child as, quote, very young. Now, to be clear, there's no evidence at this time that these deaths are connected in any type of way, but we don't know the cause of these deaths, but we have confirmed with police that they are not drownings. And police say it's very early right now. It would be too premature to rule out foul play completely, but they did say they did not find any evidence of anything suspicious at any of the scenes. Ultimately, it will be up to the office of the medical examiner with their report to further determine uh, what exactly happened here. And that will also alter the course of where the investigation goes from here. So we will certainly be following up on that as well. Reporting live here in Phoenix, Lauren Clark, Fox 10 News. Now, I'm no medical examiner, but I think we can take a guess, can't we? One area in one day, just like that. There's no way that that area, and again, the mileage and the square footage or whatever you want to call it from, from all of those children all dying who happen to be around the same age, who probably all received the jabs, there's no way that that's the only place where this is happening. This has to be happening all across the world, certainly all across the United States, but there's no way that, again, there's no way that that's the only place. This is happening on a day-in and day-out basis, on a constant basis. Just because the mainstream media is bringing it up one day doesn't mean that's the only day it's occurring. Absolutely crazy, but it's happening. And again, silence among the politicians, isn't that, isn't that weird? Childrenshealthdefense.org. Robert Kennedy, of course, is running for president. I... If I was a betting man, I would put my money on him being vice president next to Donald Trump if I was a betting man, or at the very least, potentially him having a position somewhere in the administration, assuming, again, that he can't be bought or blackmailed or isn't already. I'm not sure, but him being the president of the United States won't happen, but uh, having a position under Donald Trump someplace, that's, that's likely. Let's see. Children health, uh, children's Health Defense, it's titled, this is from the 5th of April, 
Pfizer hid data on waning immunity as millions lined up to get its COVID vaccine. New regulatory fi- uh, filings rather show that Pfizer had evidence early into the vaccination campaign that the efficacy of its COVID-19 vaccine waned, but the drug company waited months before alerting the public. Hmm. Strange. Strange that uh, Pfizer would keep things a secret from people, isn't it? Now, here's what I want to do. I want to end with this. This has, this has to do with Great Britain and Canada. And what Great Britain, Canada, and the United States, as many of us know, have, have been doing is they're coming after social media hard. They're coming after social media again with the Restrict Act regarding what they claim is just TikTok, when, when of course we know that it's not. It has to do with VPNs and it has to do with any social media platform posting things that they don't like and then f- basically finding those those particular uh, groups and those organizations, along with, of course, the individuals that are doing the posting. They're also coming after Telegram, and they're coming after Telegram hard in both the UK and in Canada, and of course, doing whatever they have to do to pass legislation in order to make this permanent. We, of course, know that they're not doing this for good reasons. This is government. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to shut us up. They do not want people learning on these platforms. They don't want these platforms to be any form of education, in particular the youth that exist within these countries. They don't want it. So I'm just going to say this again, because this has been written about, I'm sure, by countless other people. It's been posted online as well, and it's been suggested even in Q-drops, that you have to save content offline. You have to spend some time downloading content, putting it in folders electronically, and doing your best to save it offline in offline hard drives, like you know, external hard drives that you can just hold in your hand. You've heard me say I do this, and I, and I do do it with regularity, but it has to involve a variety of different topics and a variety of different things that are taking place and have taken place throughout history and, of course, are happening right now. Because if they decide to wipe the internet for one reason or another, it's us that are going to have to find a way to penetrate the internet in order to get this information back on. Now, there are, they, they, of course, have lots of ways as to why they would want the internet to be shut down, and this, of course, is one of them. They want to provide the same globalist message to every single person, no matter what. And they just think that we're going to believe it. See, they know that we run the internet. It's the good guys who run the internet. We we are the ones that control the message. And again, they can shake their heads all they want. And they can put forth all of the illegal legislation that they want. And they can sign on all the dotted lines they want. But we're the ones that know the truth. We're the ones that have it on our side. And we control the message. So I'm just going to throw this out there again as a as a general suggestion that you acquire a external hard drive of some kind. Again, they're not very expensive. You can get a two terabyte one for under a hundred dollars, and um, and download as much of this content as you possibly can. Again, it can be speeches, it can be videos, it can be books. Again, free PDF books. It can be what whatever it is that you want. 
But that's my recommendation because again, they're coming for anybody who posts online and they're openly talking about this again in houses of parliament on the floor of, of the Congress, you name it. So there you go. That's just kind of my two cents and my warning regarding all of that. I don't, I don't think it's going to go away. I think they're going to continue to, to push this down no matter what. We know America is the last stand. America is the last battlefield. They may get away with this illegally in other countries first, but that doesn't mean that they're going to they're going to stop here. And for again, anybody out there applauding conservatives or Republicans or whatever in the United States in particular Josh Hawley for consistently bringing up that TikTok is a Chinese spy program. Ladies and gentlemen, in one fell swoop, Josh Hawley told everybody who he is and what he is. He's a Mason, he's bought, he's sold, he's blackmailed, and he's the enemy. Because he was at the forefront of this TikTok ban restrict act thing. And it's completely illegal. And it has nothing to do with TikTok. It has to do with finding the truth on the internet and making that impossible and then illegal. That should concern everyone. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to end with this quote from Frank Zappa. First of all, I hope everybody has an excellent Easter. I recommend reading Matthew 28 if you're interested in a little reading. The man is fully in charge. He knows what's going on. And uh, there will not be a show on Monday, but I will be back on Wednesday. So. Here is a quote from Frank Zappa that was tossed to me by a listener of the show. It says, quote, The illusion of freedom will continue as long as it's profitable to continue the illusion. At the point where the illusion becomes too expensive to maintain, they will just take down the scenery. They will pull back the curtains. They will move the tables and chairs out of the way, and you will see the brick wall at the back of the theater. Unquote. Again, have a great Easter, everybody. Give Matthew 28 a read, and I'll catch you on Wednesday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.